of knowing. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 363. Jason Lingren is with me and Dr. William Trebing. And I'm very happy to have the doctor on. I was on Amazon. I'm ashamed to admit um, they have the Forgotten Book series, which is why I'm always going there. So many things being printed I didn't used to get. And lo and behold, Amazon recommends a book to me. It is Dr. Trebing's book. And I thought someone on Amazon must care. <laughs> but anyhow, I'm going to I'm going to give you the name of that book and you should get it and if you know people who don't get it, you should get two copies and give them one. The name of the book is Goodbye to Germ Theory by Dr. William Trebing. The last name is spelled T R E B I N G and it is one of the best tools that I could imagine. Uh, using for people who are not quite waking up, not quite getting it. And by the way, all the stuff was started in the 90s, a good couple decades before the majority of current minds even thought about waking up. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. And good morning. All right, let's max what we got. Welcome, Dr. Trebing. Oh, thanks, uh, gentlemen. Uh, can you guys hear the dog? Because I can get rid of her. <laughs> We can hear the dog, but most of our audience likes dogs. Oh, good. All right. So <laughs> I'll motion to uh, maybe just she see somebody out here. Anyway, uh, yeah, the name of the book is Goodbye Germ Theory. It was uh, self-published by me in 1999. Uh, I was doing lectures at the time, inspired by myself and a number of doctors who were trying to spread the word of the autism and Asperger's and learning challenge in children pandemic, which was already raging uh, through the mid 80s. And when I was uh, traveling around the country, different countries doing, doing lectures on the topic, and essentially just decided at this point when my own daughter was born, at that point, we have a couple of kids, I just wanted to make sure I was home and wanted to stop traveling. So uh, one of my staff said, well, why don't I just take your, you know, your different lectures and put it in a book, uh, transcribe, and we can make a, you know, form a book out of this. And uh, you can just start selling it to spread the word that way and reach more people. And uh, that's how it all started, really. It started out probably about one-third of the size that it is now, and then we just kept adding and adding and adding until we got to the sixth edition. Now, the seventh edition is actually an audio book, which was still pre-pandemic. And the entire thing was based on, you know, what's happening with autism? It has to be created by vaccines because it just, in the uh, pre-1980s, I mean, autism was still pretty rare. And between 1980 and 1993, uh, the incidence of severe autism rose some 3,500% in the United States. And the only thing that could have done that is systematic blood poisoning of uh, our children. And when I mean systematic, I mean contrived, you know, purposeful. So there were a number of doctors out there, some more subtle, some more direct, like myself, just trying to promote it. And um, if you guys, you guys are old enough to remember the Maytag repairman, you know, how he, because Maytag, they say Maytag uh, washing machines were made so great that, you know, the Maytag repairman was the loneliest guy in town. Well, I was kind of the loneliest guy in town because I, I remember the days where I was one of the only people doing this work. <laughs> now, with COVID-19 uh, and everybody waking up to what's happening around them and just the blatant fraud going on within the pharmaceutical industry and with, you know, within government, 
with actually big pharma being your government and controlling government. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, you have doctors like Simone Gold and uh, Dr. Kaufman and just, you know, there, there are hundreds of them now, you know, in my camp. And they're, and it's like, oh, wow, it's nice to have the company. Yeah. <laughs> now everybody's kind of waking up to it, you know? Um, it's not such a fringe thing anymore. You know, it was, it was difficult to get anybody to, to listen to you. I mean, people might have been, people might have been, yeah, I understand, wink, wink, but we're really not going to talk about the vaccine issue. Uh, as long as I have an out, as long as I have my religious exemption, as long as I don't have to vaccinate my kids and keep them safe, and we don't have to talk about it. We can still go to the country club and we can still, you know, go bowling and go to the birthday party. And it just never really has to come up anywhere. You know, uh, let's just kind of coast along. Well, now, of course, with COVID, it's, it's purposely up in everybody's faces. And there's no way to not talk about it at this point. So let me let me jump in. There's you've got a the bullets that you submitted to me. I want to get through as many of these as possible. We can of course branch off. Um, does it make any difference to you where the book is purchased from? Does it benefit you to get it less from Amazon or something like that? You know, I do make a little more if people go to xlibris.com and order it there. Uh, that's the publisher. Uh, sometimes uh, all the reviews, and there are over three hundred and forty reviews. I think five-star reviews now are all on Amazon. And if it's convenient for people, I don't mind if they, if they purchase it there, whatever is convenient. The audio book is only on Amazon because of the publishing rights I have with that. Uh, and some people just like to listen to audio. They don't like the book. I suggest, actually, I suggest both. I mean, if you don't listen to it in the car, I suggest uh, getting the audio. And then the thing you do not get with the audio are all the legal forms, which are in the back of the book, which serve as templates for you to, you know, make your own legal singers to go after these jerks you'll want those by the way that's you want those that yeah. one reason alone is to get the book and as we get bullet points here by the way dr treving when you get into comments please put the link to ex libra or whatever the publisher is ex that Libris. benefits you the most yeah let's put the link into the comment uh the day this goes live okay oh but we're gonna go through bullet points here but i want everyone to know this was done Dr. Trebing put this together a good 20 years before anyone of note started to wake up. One of the things he did is he cre created a legit religion, Christian-based religion, and it is legit, as legit as any church out there. And he, for his members, he provides printed things that are official, and the top tenant of this religious Christian group is no shots, no vaccines. So that's another thing that's in the book. I don't know how much we'll talk about it, but let's get into this, man. Why is germ theory uh, a fraud? Uh, why was it created? What's going on with germ theory? Well, the germ theory back in the day, which I discussed in the book, was formulated by a guy named Pasteur, you know, anchored in by Pasteur. But the, the ideas were kind of always there that there were these little ghost uh, organisms that were out there that could you could touch on a door handle or in a bathroom. and. Uh, seat and things like that. And, and they would enter a completely healthy person and break down their entire system and get them sick, which is nonsense. It's completely unscientific. And most of the doctors and scientists in the day in the 1800s fought it, understanding that the human immune system, your God-given natural immunity and ability to stay healthy so long as you don't toxify your body, uh, was all you needed to, you know, 
as long as you have pure food and pure water and, and good sanitation was all you needed to stay healthy, was all your children needed to stay healthy. But they needed something. They needed a fear-mongering mechanism. And most people don't understand science and they don't understand biology purposely. They don't understand how their bodies work. So the germ theory, uh, you know, the Rothschilds uh, in particular needed something to control the masses. And that's why the germ theory is, is so adamantly protected in all aspects of mainstream media. And it has been for, you know, for, for decades. That's why everybody will, you know, go on mainstream media and call you a clown. If you even go try to try to uh, debate it, there, there's, there's no question whatsoever. It is, it, it is the medical religions, religion, primary religious doctrine. And you go against it, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be demolished and shot down everywhere. Thanks, Rockefellers. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and the Rothschilds, yeah. So it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense to the scientific method. Just in basic science, it makes no sense to what's called the main tenet of the germ theory, is that you have something outside of yourself that can jump in that your body is not adapted to, and it can cause you to get sick and kill you. Well, if that's the case, how did humanity survive you know, these thousands of years up to this point. But don't bring common sense into this conversation, doctor. Don't, no, no, don't bring common sense in. You know, B.J. Palmer, one of the, the, the son of the founder of chiropractic profession, D.D. Palmer, said that, listen, if back in the you know, 1800s, if the germ theory was true, we'd all be dead by now. It's just, we, we wouldn't have survived it. All species on this planet adapt to the environment. And the environment that we live in okay, is a commensal, is a loving commensal relationship of all units. That includes viruses, bacteria, all of these things have a place. And we only get into trouble when we fall out of balance with that. All right. And through the years of us being cave dwellers to coming to where we are at this point, you know, God gives you the opportunity to say, okay, well, what do you have to do? All right. Maybe you can't have your bathroom where you have your kitchen. I mean, that's not the greatest idea because sanitation is extremely important. All right. All of the diseases and people say, well, and I talk about this in the book as well. Well, how do you explain the black plague and the bubonic plague and this and everything else and polio and all these kinds of things? All right. So when not purposely Put into a situation when the population is not purposely put into a situation of extreme toxicity from the powers that be by spraying different chemicals on them and things like that, which is the case with polio. Every major plague of the past can be explained as a system of poor sanitation. People crowded together, poverty, living together uh, in very tight circumstances, sharing very unsanitary situations. Uh, just not being clean, right? Because the purpose of these microorganisms is they are the garbage eaters of the universe, okay, of the planet. So they eat up trash, not only in the environment, but they also eat up trash in your body. So if your body is toxic, all right, these organisms are going to be formed from within you. They are part of your cellular structure. And this is what a I'll talk about it in the book. Uh, uh, many scientists, particularly personified by the, the uh, scientist Bouchamp, Pierre-Antoine Bouchamp, said that, listen, 
Pasteur is a jerk. He's a liar. These, these organisms do not come from without you jump in and make healthy people, you know, drop dead. Right? These organisms are generated from little tiny, tiny granules inside of you called microzyma. He called them microzyma. Uh, Gaston Nessons in Canada, who did a plenty of dark field microscopy work, which is what Uchamp did in the late 1800s, also dark field microscopy work, which when you do dark field microscopy work, you look at the cellular structure of the body and of living tissues when they are alive. It's quartz crystal microscopes that look at the dark field. You see everything moving, okay, and living, and you see this fascinating world under dark field, all right? Nothing in modern science uses dark field. They all use electron microscope. You look at everything dead, okay? You look at snapshots of dead things, which doesn't give you any information whatsoever on health, on how the body is really operating. And when you examine through the proper scientific tools like dark field, all right, which has been around for a long time, started with Bouchamp, you notice that when, you're, when your body has toxicity, and how does it get toxicity? Well, from toxins purposely being sprayed on you, uh, from using lead utensils, from having aluminum inside, from uh, living in an unsanitary condition, these things stem from within you to clean out your interstitial fluids and your body throughout your tissues in order for you to create mucus, cough it up, and get it out of your body through one of the varying orifices that it can get it out. Your nose, your eyes, your skin, which is the biggest orifice you actually have. Everything's open in your skin. Uh, your bowel. You're going to start spitting things out. Your temperature is going to go up, okay, because your body is working to get all of this stuff out. But the uh, powers that be at the time were like, no, 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 we can't have people having, you know, really understanding how their bodies work. If they're living in, in unsanitary conditions, we have to let them think that they have this disease that they can catch from each other, all right? And then uh, we have to sell them products which are going to make them more sick in the long run and control the population with fear, which is why the book is called Goodbye Germ Theory. I could have called the book Medicine is bullshit. Or, uh, excuse me, I shouldn't be cursing. <laughs> okay, I should have called the book "Medicine is Bulldingy." I should have called the book. Uh, yeah, I could have called the book "Don't Vaccinate Ever." Don't vaccinate your kids. I didn't call it that. I called it "Goodbye Germ Theory" because this is the basis, the basic fraud that controls the entire narrative. And I suppose that this is, you know, I don't directly on the book i mean the book if you've seen it you guys have seen it it's got you know a big shot on it you know tapping into something extremely toxic right so i don't have vaccine anywhere on the front of it or the name vaccine or medicine or anything like that it's just a it's a thesis on the germ theory and why it doesn't work which is you know why i think thank god it's still on amazon I was surprised that it that it recommended, but let's try to get a back and forth going here so we can hit some of these points. I, I want to get into at least four or five things before we get to hour two. When we get up to the idea of Satanism, that will close out hour one um, because we have to push things forward. But let's let's jump right in. I'm going to let Jason pick up in here in a minute. What is an mRNA shot? Why is it not a vaccine? And I, I don't know if you know, I grew up in the shadow of the Salk Institute in La Jolla, California. Oh, wow. 
Mm-hmm. And so when I was in school, we got inoculated actually in school. And in my generation, everyone had this big scar on their arm. Everyone had it that was from. So let's jump in. What the hell is an mRNA shot? Well, can I say a note about Jonas Salk as well? Because I actually met him years ago. Sure. And I had the, the opinion that Jonas Salk was a good man and he had the right idea. All right. And he turns over in his grave right now looking at the vaccine industry. He would never would have agreed to all the adjuvants being in that there are. I mean, the idea of inoculating yourself with something that might protect you from a detoxification process that goes crazy uh, from some sort of organism that could kill you uh, if your detoxification process becomes too intense is the basis behind homeopathy, which has been around for hundreds of years. So giving yourself a tiny little bit of the toxin in order for you, your body to be able to adapt to it better down the road. And uh, that was Jonas's idea, you know, initially. And, you know, I think he just wanted to help. But when the pharma industry jumped in and took over and started adding all this other crap to it, believe me, the, the idea behind it was not benevolent. And the idea of an mRNA vaccine, they're changing the entire definition of what vaccination and vaccines are at this point. It was never the intent of Jonas Salk to make something that would alter your genetics. Well, that seems to be totally lost on the general public, too, that these are not typical vaccines, even though they put that out there. They also put out there that this thing doesn't prevent you from catching anything or transmitting anything. But that is irrelevant, right? Yeah, well, then what is it then? Because if it's not the initial, it's not a vaccination, not a vaccine. It's a, it's a genetic medication that people are being forced to take. What? You mean you're going to make my body make spike proteins? Well, so what an mRNA vaccine is, especially the mRNA, all that means is that the doctors who, uh, and the scientists that, that, that had the idea of it were that you were going to uh, produce, make your body just produce the antibodies against certain supposed pathogens on a continual basis. So you wouldn't have to, you know, actually put the pathogen in and give yourself a little dose of it, which is, which is what a vaccine inoculation is in order for you to be prepared for it when you uh, see it within the environment. Now they were going to just have your body make whatever proteins or uh, DNA fragments are associated with the virus or the bacterium so that, you know, it's just more effective. That's their, that's their, ostensibly, that's what the idea is. The problem is, is that it doesn't work. All right. Because if, if you understand anything about genetics, genetic recombination of microorganisms does not allow for you to, to code for one particular genetic sequence because it's always changing. All you have to do is change just one base pair. There's four base pairs. There's adenine, guanine, cytosine, uracil, okay, within, within the entire genetic structure of human beings or, and within microorganisms. And uh, the viruses aren't even alive. They basically are just pieces of cell membranes that are floating around with, with different pieces of DNA attached to them. What a virus essentially is, and this is why you can make a monster virus, which is what Fauci was doing over in the, in the Wuhan lab, you can have a, a piece of cell membrane that has a that has a preformed piece of DNA on it that that you inject into somebody, and it makes you create these proteins which are actually toxic to your body. Well, that's what that's what the mRNA vaccine is doing. 
right? When they talk about spike proteins, essentially all that is is a viral particle is a piece of cellular membrane, okay, which is natural to all you know human beings, and it's sticky, so it's got a piece of DNA attached to it or a piece of RNA. DNA and RNA are the building blocks of life, okay, genetic material. But now what they've done, what this gain of function uh, research is, people, a lot of people get confused with what that is. What does gain of function mean? What, they talk about this all the time, and Tachi says, nah, it's not gain of function. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Dr. Paul, you know, you don't know anything. You don't know anything. You don't understand the basic science, Dr. Paul. You know, Dr. Ram Paul is calling him out, you know, for the for the Satanist that he is. And he's just denying it there. But he knows exactly what he created there. He created a a, a monster, okay? That DNA that they inject into people with the mRNA technology makes the body create these, using your own body energy to create these protein particles that hang off now of the hang off of the virus and just kind of create complete havoc with the body so that the body recognizes it as a persistent antigen, which means all that means is that something you have to constantly be aware of, all right, in order to make antibodies against, uh, in order to, your body just doesn't get rest at all. The immune system is constantly going because now once you've had this and stuff injected into you, the body is constantly creating these toxic proteins, which attach to these viral mechanisms, which then, if they lodge in the heart, it's why uh, people are getting heart problems. Anywhere these proteins lodge, you're going to get an autoimmune disease. And eventually, that autoimmune disease can lead to more chronic disease like tumors and cancers. The body is going to try to, to protect you and ward this stuff off. And a tumor is... If, it, if it's encapsulated at first, it's going to just try to contain it. And then when it starts breaking free, free, that's what we call a metastasis. And all this stuff happens over time. And they know that this is what happens. And so my new book is called The Sequel, Goodbye Germ Theory, The Genocide Event. And that's exactly what's happening right now, because everybody that is injected with that mRNA technology, there are already estimates coming out that within 10 years, most of them will be dead. Oh, you think it's going to take that long? It's going to be a slow death for some, depending on how healthy you are. And it's uh, for the older populations. Um, we're already noticing it within our own family. I mean, listen, everybody has family members that are, that are towing the line and just wanting to go with the narrative. And uh, members of our own family are doing it because they just want to be able to be in their social groups. And older members are going to die off more quickly. And uh, younger ones in their 30s and 40s. It might take five to 10 years. I mean, I've had patients come in and say, oh, I'm just going to get it. You know, I want to be able to fly. I want to be able to travel. Uh, we have to go to my husband's functions here and there, and it's just going to be more convenient. I want to go to the theater and I want to do this. Okay. You know, I get it. And they, and they all come in with a fantasy that it's like, oh, well, I've heard that, you know, you can just take this nettle tea and the nettle tea can, you know, will detoxify everything that's in there. Nah, it ain't going to happen. Because, you know, you're programming your body with these sugars. Believe me, they have developed this technology for over a decade. And they are dropping stuff on us with chemtrails that stimulate 
the technology that they're injecting into you. And we haven't even talked about the graphene oxide particles. I mean, the graphenes that they put in here too. So that's a whole different issue. We're just starting to realize that the non-genetic toxic part of these shocks is that the graphene oxides then form a magnetic base for you to be able to be remote controlled through whatever kind of crap they're putting out there that they're calling 5G. Looks, folks, there's a reason that everybody got shut down. And then across the country, everywhere, you started seeing these 5G tower crap things go up. Everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, you see them. You know, it's hysterical. But, you know, have they, I don't think they, they, they haven't even fully turned those on yet. But that's the reason they're injecting graphene oxide into everybody. They're starting to. I saw that exact scenario play out in the town I live in. They're starting to turn everything on. Yep. And, but they, listen, they only go through events like this and plans like this when they know they've got their stuff down pat. Okay. And people are thinking that, oh, this is going to pass. Oh, this is going to, you know, I'll just get the shot. You know, oh, what the heck? I'll get the booster. They'll stop eventually. No, no. This is a genocide event. Okay. You read those Georgia Guidestones. Okay. They want the, they want exactly that scenario. They want the few thousand in control to be in control. They want a total global population of about 500,000, maybe 750,000, who will then be uh, autonomous slaves to serve them in a pyramid hierarchy that you see on the back of every dollar bill with the all-seeing eye up top. And everybody else, all the managers kind of does a little bit below, then the managers below, the managers below. Then we have the Hunger Games population. Then we have the serfdom population of a movie that was out a long time ago called Loden's Run, okay, where everybody is allowed to live to a certain point of time, will satiate all your senses. There is no spirituality. There is no God. There is no sense of connection. You know, everything is just you know, the sensations of uh, your human body, and then you die after a period of time after you, you know, you're a slave to the state for whatever job that you're, you know, you're, made, you're made to do. And that's, uh, that's their end game and their end goal. And they only go through, they, they've only pushed this button because they feel like they can do it. They felt like they can do it in 1940 as well. And they put Hitler up as their primary stooge as far as being able to spread this stuff throughout the globe. It didn't work then, okay? But now they've gone underground for 70 some odd years. And they're reemerging with a deeper plan that, well, they're like, okay, that didn't work then, but now it's going to work. And uh, in some ways, I think that they, they are desperate because uh, they feel like we got to do it now, it's now or never. But they also, you know, to discount them as being stupid is the biggest mistake anybody can make. This is a, a war against dark against light. and. Um, one of the biggest errors you can make, uh, which is right out of the art of war uh, from Lao Tzu, is to underestimate your enemy's power. Never underestimate your enemy's power. And then at the same time, understand that your power surpasses them, especially if their power is dark and your power is light. And that's as, you know, and we are beckoned at this point to, to persistently be in that space of God consciousness, of light, more and more and more, to the point where you really can't even forget it. You know, if you want to survive 
And you will survive if you have that light around you, you know, but you have to, you have to reinforce it constantly with everything that's going on. So much of what we're experiencing has to be, you know, we come together as a community that God brings together, that the infinite brings together for us. And we're all being corralled together for that purpose, you know, uh, to eliminate this darkness. But it's the only way that it's really going to work is that people come together under that consciousness, understanding that, you know, this is a, this is a battle, light versus dark. There's no doubt about it. So yeah. just to recap, you know, and, and I don't know if it's lost on anyone. They even put their plans into the name of the pharmaceutical companies. Moderna ends in RNA, um, starts with them. So, but this was written in so long ago. And I was recently having a conversation with a very learned mind that I know who told me that the Fabian Society is part of being at the base of this. And that's not the main point I'm making. The main point I'm making is supposedly they went online with this big kill off the part of the world they don't want plan in 1884, which is why we have the book 1984 is exactly a hundred years after the launch. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is not to make the particular points, but to show that this game was written so long ago as to blow your damn mind. But if I followed you correctly, if you get these shots, and we've heard different things, we heard if you get the, the single shot, you're being modified till you die. If you get this other shot, then you're getting modified for a while. But the point is, is you're being modified. And then I'm guessing, or I've always assumed, if you've been modified by a corporation, that corporation can make a claim on you. Well, you know something? They already feel that way. I mean, they, the, the initial, you guys know all about this, it's the initial claim they have on you and, and is, is when you're born. You're born with a sticker on your head. As soon as you get that social security number, right? Which I, I didn't get it and you didn't get it till we got our first job. I mean, you're all, right. me and you right. are of an age, but you're right. That's right out of the gate in the hospital. But now they give it to you right out of the gate and they have right. put a stamp right on your head and you know, this is all about the fiat currency. You guys know all this. You know, We've if, you're really gonna, if you're really going to dive into it, every child that's born has that stamp on their head with the social security number right away. And uh, the whole fiat currency scam and the whole tax scam, when you pay your federal taxes, you're just paying the interest on the debt for using fiat currency globally. So there's no way of getting out of tax. Something else most people don't know. No, there's no way of getting out of tax. There's no way of increasing the national debt. Every time you spend a dollar, you know, the national debt goes up. So, you know, every time more, more they, than every, a dollar, every time you spend a dollar, it goes up more than a dollar. Well, the thing is, is that whenever they print money, that's their property and they charge interest on that. Right. And they give that to the governments of the world. So how could you possibly get out of the debt if they're giving you a piece of their property that they're charging interest on? It's an, it's an ongoing scam that never ends. And so every child that is born has a stamp on their head because their labor is there to pay off the national debt. All right. And the debt constantly increases because we're using their property. And, and, you know, every child that's born, they already have every, every cent of income they're going to make. Uh, it's not, it's not theirs. It's, it's already the, so if your labor is already somebody else's property, you are a slave. You just don't know it. And here's the, and here's the thing. Now, they're just starting to let everybody know. The great Jordan Maxwell, who is a, you know, one of the primary quote-unquote conspiracy theorists that's been out there for quite some time talking about all of this stuff in the Illuminati. I mean, he, he said one of the brightest things I've ever, said, I've ever known, even back in the, in the 90s when 
Jordan and I were doing some lectures together back in that day, educating about all this stuff. And it's just that they've already taken over the world. They just haven't told you yet. Well, guess what? Now they're starting to tell us, aren't they? Now they're starting to tell us when they, when they blatantly ignore the Constitution, when they blatantly ignore any of your human rights, when they just say, yeah, just get that shot. We don't care about this Constitution. What do you think all that is? When they ignore the Constitution, okay, when they, when they govern and they act like they govern from a space where your vote doesn't count and your opinion doesn't count, okay, you get what we give you and you do what we tell you. Corporation, you're, you're basically outlining corporation, which is the death-based right. system, which is the power structure of the death-based, or even if you want to call it, call it what it is, it's a satanic system. Right. So they're already, they're already governing from that. You know what Tony Robbins has always said, you want to be successful in life and think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. I mean, the basis of all those prosperity books that were written years ago, where it's basically act as if, act as if, well, they're acting as if they're acting as they're already your emperors. And it just, all you have to do is listen to Jen Psaki talk every time she's up there. Listen to that stooge Biden read his teleprompter. The undertone of everything there is like, ha ha ha, yeah, constitution. You do what we tell you. And then the, the members of Congress who are outraged by that, you know, usually Republicans and conservatives, Rand Paul in particular, all right, were like, you can't do this. They're like, yeah, you didn't get the memo, dude. Okay, you didn't get the memo. The memo, even your dad didn't, you know, he got the memo, but he didn't listen to the memo, you know, Ron Paul when he ran for president in the 90s. It's like the memo is like, we've already taken over, just kind of stand by. Wait till we pacify down the population just a little bit more. Wait till we dumb them down. Wait till we make them so stupid that they don't even know what's going on. What do we get them de dependent on watching Netflix? And we've already put fetal cells in every single one of their soft drinks. So, you know, we've got these people controlled in so many ways. The memo that they're putting out now is like, oh, Constitution, how cute. You really think you're free? Oh, that's, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, but this, this all depends on mind, though. I think we should be clear. A mind that accepts that statement or is cowed by it has already lost the game. But a mind oh, who's saying not so fast, and this is a key, key point. And, and as a matter of fact, the, the way things have been controlled, like people, I, I used to say things like, go read the Dick Dack. They can never take away your guns. They never needed to take away your guns. Go try to buy a forty-five. You can't get ammunition for it. So there they didn't go. control the weapons. They control what the weapons require to function. And that you can't go to court and say, hey, they've taken away my right to bear arms. What they've done is taken your right to load the arms that you know bear. Well, there you go. Yeah. So you can see the control. It's like you still have your rights. You just can't exercise them. After a fashion. Oh, yeah. We're, we're not making you get the shot, but you can't put food on your table unless you get it. But you can still choose not to get it. Yeah, well, you can, and this is going to come down to goods and services, but the, the main takeaway is a mind who is not buying has already leveled off at some form of immunity, if I could be so bold to make that pun. Sure. This is entirely a mind game, and you you have rightly, I mean, we'll draw the line in black and white. This is about goods and services. So much of the coercion that's about to happen is about to ask you, you like that air conditioner? Can you make an air conditioner? Do you use an air conditioner? That's our air conditioner. If you'd like to use that air conditioner, here's the new rules. And that's going to go across everything. But the mind who separates from the need 
for goods and services or to be told what to do has already reached immunity at some level. Yep, exactly. And what they're trying to do is like, first, they take away your comforts like the air conditioning or the toilet paper, all the paper towels. Yep. Next thing is basically, yeah, you're free. You could walk around the street and not eat if you want to, you know, or not go into the grocery store and buy yourself food or, you know, it's oh yeah, yeah, you're free. We're not making you do it. You're choosing. It's the same thing with taxes. It's the same exact thing. Why do you think that they say the tax system is a voluntary system? Because it is. Oh, it is voluntary. Oh, yeah. You can volunteer. Oh, yeah. Well, no, it's all voluntary. If, if you don't volunteer, you go to jail. But you can choose not to, not to volunteer. I mean, listen, this, this whole, I, I saw this coming years ago when I was doing all the research for taxes back in the 80s when I was involved with all the people back then. And I used to write bills of exchange and bonds and things like that to send to district attorneys and all this kind of stuff. And we were doing all this work. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, you do that stuff now, they come and they, they cart you away since 9-11. They don't even ask any questions because now they have the right to just, they think they have the right to just you know, kind of pick you up out of your bed, just like in Russia in the 80s, and drag you away and never have a trial if you're deemed a terrorist in that way. Now, right now, it's just financial terrorism. But I've gotten letters from district attorneys saying that when I've said, you know, I have the right of the Fifth Amendment to not be a, a witness against myself, they would write me back and said, you can only use your Fifth Amendment privilege if blah, 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 blah. They're very direct with, they, they know their language. They are turning your rights into privileges. Privileges are handed to you. Rights are something that you have. And every single law enforcement that is in the scam will call your rights a privilege at this point. Well, you have that privilege. Well, you only have that privilege is if they don't use the word right anymore. They use the word privilege because that's something you're given by the state. You see? All language is changing. It's across television everywhere. Oh, yeah. uh, we're going to give you freeze. What that do? They're degrading language at a level that is astonishing. And they're doing it with some of the biggest shows that the most minds are exposed to. And this harkens back to the episodes we did where Don Quixote, all the books I always say were written to simply attempt to preserve language. Now you're seeing the flip side how important language is, and they're attacking at the very root of how the next generation will speak. Well, look at all, I mean, look at your, I mean, if you have kids, look at your kids, look, look at how they text. Yep. My daughter, W-Y-A, where are you at? An abbreviation of atrocious sentence. Well, you know, I still punctuate every single one of my texts. <laughs> you know, I, I make sure, you know, everything and all my emails, you know, I don't, I don't use, I, I never use LOL. Uh, I always say, hey, that's funny. I'm laughing hysterically. I always just put it all out there like that because the written word, I mean, well, look at the, what did God say? The God, God said that in the beginning, there, there was the word and the word was God. The spoken language that comes off of the human tongue is divine. It has a vibration to it. Everything is vibration. You see? What they're putting out now is the language of the slave. That's right. And yeah. but what you just referenced is the opening of the book of John in the New Testament. Yeah. And I have done many times a stupid little thing that I do just to show you how magical language is. I tell you, I can put something in your mind and you can't stop me to prove that I can conjure up something that doesn't exist, utter some magic words, call the sentence and put an image in your head, blue ball. Yep. The majority of people just got a blue ball put in their mind. So if you do not understand the importance of language and the power of language. And you've kind of forgotten the opening of the book of John, where they tell you 
lock, stock, and barrel what a big deal language is, then you need to get back. And this, this too, our digital devices have gone uh, on the offensive to attack our ability to speak, write, and comprehend at the level we once did. Oh, well, Satanists have been, they have this under control. They know that they know, they know how to control populations with energy and language. They just use the dark force of it. What's that guy's name? Alistair Crowley? Yep. A big time Satanist in the, in the time. He would, he would like poke his friends and say, look what I can make this guy do. And just by introducing a phrase or two to, to a certain population, if you're in a position of power, you can control entire towns. And there are comedy movies about all of this stuff. I mean, you look at the, uh, I mean, even if you just look at the play, The Music Man, <laughs> you know, about how he's able to come in and introduce the fact that the pool table is going to make their entire town just go to crap. You know, there's a ball, there's a pool table in your town. All right. Now everything's going to go here. You buy my instruments. <laughs> that, that was class. It, it starts with T and it rhymes with P and that stands for pool. Oh, does, pool anyone yeah. see, does anyone see the little incantation? I'm an actor and, you know, I, and it, it's, it's one of the parts I've always wanted that I never got Howard Hill. But you know, if, if you look at the basis of that, I mean, look, there are a lot of comedies out there like that, but this is how, I mean, this is how the sheep population has been controlled for better or for worse, for centuries. And if you look at the roots of why all of this is happening, go and do a real deep dive, you see like the movie The Matrix, where you're allowed to build up society and population uh, under a certain guise for a certain period of time, and it all goes on and blah, 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 and everything's happy, and we have our Levittowns, and we have our wars, and we have our nationalism, and then it builds up to a certain point, like in Matrix 3, where everything breaks down and then the entire thing goes back to zero with just a few people left in the population and all history is erased. All history is erased. That's what they're trying to do. We're in the and midst of is. that again right now. We're there in the it midst is. Of it. We're in the midst of it again right now. This is such a critical idea you've just put forward. And I have told everyone for years, hold on to your books. Uh, we're going to come to Fahrenheit 451 where the fire department doesn't show up to put out the fire. They start the fire and they kindle it with your books. The erasing of history has to be a portion of what's going on here. Mm-hmm. A society that can recall can avoid. A society, a society that can't recall thinks everything they're seeing is brand new. And that directly affects information and books are going to be the enemy and digital the friend. Because a button can be pushed to turn the word murder into, you know, pleasant daisies or whatever they'd like it to mean. A book cannot be edited in that way. And again, if you have important books, hold on to them like you mean it. But we got a few minutes left. Um, let's let's touch on uh, on the idea of Satanism because I want to push some of these other things into hour two where we don't have to worry so much about overlording and censorship. So. I've often said that even the word corporation, corpseration, the speaking dead is a fictitious entity that is recognized as an existing entity and then given the rights of a living being. That is the basis of a death-based system. This could be directly correlated with Satanism. And, you know, it would be interesting, you know, so many times I've always been prepared. If I was ever in a position where like some major media, I just happened to be able to talk, you know, while they're talking to Fauci or someone, I always think what would be the one question I'd ask, you know, it would be hilarious to see Fauci, someone ask Fauci, Hey man, are you a Satanist? Can you answer that please on the air? (laughs) You know, I don't know why somebody hasn't already done that. You know, I mean that, I know, I mean, because here's the deal. If he says no 
then he's in trouble. They will kill him. That's right. You'll notice that if somebody is asked that question, do you worship Satan? Is Satan, is Satan your Lord? Okay. These basic, right, direct questions, they will not answer it. They'll say, oh, you're crazy. Oh, my God. Oh, look at this. Oh, you're a conspiracy. Theory. They will go around it like you wouldn't believe. Ask it three times quickly, and if they refuse to answer, you've got your answer by their own damn rules. Well, you've got it right there, but they'll never answer it. They can't, they can't deny their, their master. They can't do it. But you can infer it. You can infer it using their own rules if you do it three times and they refuse to answer, then you can infer, or whatever the correct term is, that they are in fact. Um, I'm just saying that's their rules brought to us in a courtroom. Look, we could end this thing tomorrow. We could end this thing within a couple of months if people would just ask that one question. Because then they'd be exposed and they would start burning. And if they lie, they die. If yeah, they if they do the not thing. acknowledge who they, they had are, a couple of crosses. These guys yeah. are vampires. Let them burst into flames. I mean, this is what <laughs> we have to start doing because this is exactly what's going on. I mean, did you ever watch the show Angel years ago? Yeah, I remember that. I didn't. I don't remember it. But go ahead. The vampire with a soul. He's a vampire that got his soul back, so he wasn't of Satan anymore. He was working for God. Okay, and watch that five year series. It's a little campy. It's a little goofy. But there's a Hillary Clinton character in there. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Joss Whedon, who made the entire series. I mean, he was pinning out every single thing, you know, about how our society is structured. And these beings, they burst into flames when you start exposing them. And I don't, I don't mean literally burst into flames, but they burst on the flames on the inside. If you, if you break down this structure and deny their structure after they've made their vow, okay? They're in trouble. Yeah, they're in big trouble. And this is the only, this is the way to get them. They have to be exposed, you know, for really what they are. Didn't somebody do that to the one of the Bushes? I forget which one. I think it was Junior Bush. And he said, if you're asking if I follow the light, the answer is yes or something to that effect. I don't remember that. That would be uncanny. I would have had an answer for that, too. Asked I if he said, was a Christian. Yeah, I would have said, you mean the lesser light? Is that the light we're talking about here? Well, we're talking about the low. <laughs> yeah, it's. This, this information is replete every, with just in so much of our, of our folklore and our, uh, and our stories. I mean, you know about the Harry Potter series. I do. And I actually just made comment on it in the last episode. Well, who do you think Lord Voldemort is? There you go. What do you think the whole, the whole thing is a prelude to what's happening now and that big dark ending as it got darker and darker? This is supposed to be for children, by the way. Look how dark it gets. It, it's just show, It's priming. It's a warning. Yep. It's a warning. Pre-echo. Maybe J.K. Rowling did not know what she's doing, or maybe she just has a lot of knowledge of it, and you kind of put it out there within a, an allegory, within a story. I'm not buying that she wrote that for a second. I'm well, not buying. Well, okay. That could be, yeah, that could be it as well. Uh, but the entire Voldemort, and then what do they say? Oh, we can't even say his name. Don't, don't say it. Don't say his name. Don't say his name. And what does Harry Potter do? What do they all do? It's like, heck of it. I'm saying his name right now. Voldemort. Let him come. Let's challenge him because the light is going to banish the dark. And what is it? What happens in that last episode? Well, the, the, bad, the bad guy loses. But let me point the thing out. You know how long this has been going on in Hollywood since long before I was alive? You'll notice that all the followers of Voldemort do the little li lizard tongue, snake tongue thing, right? That's, That's right. But That's right. if you go back to a movie from 1962 or 63 called Jason and the Argonauts, you will notice when the man gets the Hydra's teeth, hint, hint, hint. The teeth of the hydra are upon you. He does the same thing numbers of times where he's 
doing oh, the yeah. tongue the tongue flick. This has gone on since time immemorial. It just had to be hidden in 1963 because there was no chance anyone in the audience would recognize the Voldemort tongue to make a pun. But or then anybody anybody would listen. In 1963, they'd just say, oh, come on, it's just a movie. Oh, That's come right. On. You'd have been laughed out of Dodge because adults don't do that. Right. And Voldemort's main main wingman or wing being is a is a huge snake. Yeah, and his helper is a rat. Well, that's yeah, that was a different story. I mean, yeah, but that was actually one of his followers that was hiding. But Nagini, who carries his the essence in in the Horcrux of of uh, the dark essence, when Nagini's head is chopped off at the very end, it's his last chance of survival. That must be a throwback to the idea of a naga, right? Nagini. That's got to be relatable to the naga. Oh God! Oh God! Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the way out of it is kind of there. It just shows the way of the light and understanding that. And this this saga has been going on in human consciousness for quite some time. The thing to do, besides getting through the saga, is to expose the saga for what it is. I mean, I would love to be on a police squad that went after the dark forces, the people that are practicing Satanism, and just arrest them all. You know, I mean, I would, I would, I'd be, I'd be an officer in that fleet in a second and a half. If it was legit, if we could all be ministers and deputies of, of the light and deputies of God, and just like, okay, just watch TV and just like, it's like an extended McCarthyism almost, you know, just say, what did that guy just say? Okay, let's go ask him some questions. Oh, by the way, do you worship Satan? There it is. No, I don't. Okay. Okay. You don't answer that question properly guess what <laughs> we're carting you off ask it three times ask it yeah. three times if they choose not to answer then you can infer that they agreed right or accepted so there it is because this is where the answer is this is where it all if we can just get down to the nitty-gritty for crying out loud believe me we have gone through this scenario probably hundreds of times and we're about to reset one more time and damn i would just love to get it right once I agree, and I have even gone so far as to state that I suspect that every so-called age change, uh, some version of this goes on, and whether or not the dark side has a little more oomph at that point than it does what we're seeing, but I think this has been done over and over, which also demonstrates that history has to be erased each time. But Dr. Trebing, uh, tell folks one more time where they can get a hold of that such important book, so many facts so useful, so hard to deny, and the perfect gift for a person who's searching or needs guidance. Tell them where they can get it. Thank you very much for that. It is the perfect. So many people buy it, either in the audio version or the paper version or both. The main reason people buy it is to just help their family members who are on the fence wake up. Say just, hey, read this. It's easy to understand. It's not filled with a whole bunch of charts and just information that you have to like pass through and just get to the nitty gritty. The entire book is just put right out there. It's just nitty gritty. It's just like, okay, here's how it is. Boom. All right. Accept it or don't accept it. It's just a, it's a common sense book written for the lay person. The name of it is goodbye germ theory and uh, ending a century of medical fraud. You can get it on Amazon. That's where all the five-star reviews are. You could also, if you like, if you don't want to use Amazon, you could go to X Libris. That's X L I B R I S dot com punching goodbye germ theory it will come right up and the publisher will be happy to sell it to you right there the book has sold over thirty-five thousand copies at this point in the 22 years that it's been out 
And you can imagine that with the uh, entire pandemic thing happening, that it's become extremely popular. You're about to sell thousands of copies more. Oh, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. As long as, I'm doing, as long as I'm doing God's work and people can wake up from it and have these conversations with us on radio programs like this and listen to you, this is all part of the same thing. It's all part of the same light. As I used to sing when I was a child in Catholic school, I'm a soldier in God's army. You know, it's just kind of when we used to sing songs like that, right? Well, that's, you know, come on in and weather the storm. The book, uh, I mean, if I could order a thousand of them and get them put in every hospital waiting room or whatever it would take, I would do that. I've actually got, I've actually got people who buy the book and they leave them in different libraries and they leave them in hospitals. Brilliant. That would be a good use. You'd be surprised how many, how many learned professors and doctors have got my book and are reading, but they won't say that they like it. You know, they won't put it anywhere. A few have, a few have. Yeah. Cause they're afraid because once you actually have to look at Cook's postulate and understand it for what it is, it proves that everything you've been accepting is hogwash. But let me bring 363 Hour 1 to a close. I hope everyone will join us over at Crow 777 Radio, C-R-R-O-W 777 Radio for the full member episode. If you become a member, you get access to every show in its entirety all the way back to one. This will be 360-something, 363. And I would like to wish, oh, by the way, on the other side, we're going to get into a bunch of things. I'm going to ask about uh, what is a spike protein? What the hell is a a CV vaccine? What's the intention? We're going to get into a lot of things. Talk about boron and borax for detoxification, antioxidants. There's going to be a lot of things that we address. And by the way, some of these things we've been talking about, we could blow open much more broadly in hour two. That brings hour one of 363 with Dr. William Trebing and Jason Lindgren to a close. And I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. There it is, man. Cheers.
belief is the enemy of knowing. Come.